This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. I'll invite you to turn your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 16. Well, Jesus asked in Mark chapter, in Matthew chapter 16, excuse me, Jesus asked his question of his disciples. He's in a place where people are worshiping all kinds of false gods and idols and so forth. And he said, who do men say that I am? Peter speaks up. I don't know if it's because Peter knew more than the rest of the group. I don't think he did. But he seemed to be the one that was quick to speak. And so he said, well, some say that you're Elijah. Well, Elijah's been dead for a long time. So that would be reincarnation, which is not of God. So he said, some say that you're Elijah or Isaiah. Same thing. He's been dead a long time too. Or one of the other prophets. And then Jesus asked him the question. He said, who do you say I am? And Peter answers, here's one thing about people that talk a lot. They sometimes stumble upon the things of God. Now, if you look at the things that Peter said throughout his, uh, throughout Jesus' ministry, the time that Jesus was here on the earth, Peter said a lot more that was wrong than what he said that was right. But when he hit on things that were right, he was really right. Well, this happened to be one of those times. So he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon. For flesh and blood is not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And then he makes a statement about Peter that a lot of people have misunderstood. He said, your name is Peter, which means uh, little rock, almost to the point of shifting sand. And that was certainly the, the earmark of Peter's life up until that point. But he said, upon this rock, not upon Peter, but upon the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want you to notice Jesus didn't say he'd build the church through denominations or through committees. Jesus said he would build the church. And he said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I like one translation of this in verse uh, 18 where it says the gates of hell shall not be able to hold out against it somehow or another it seems to me that most of the church world is thinking of the the devil on the attack but the picture that jesus paints the illustration he gives is that the church is moving forward and the gates of hell are trying to hold out against it i think that's a picture we ought to have of the church not hunkered down trying to defend ourselves but a mighty moving force that the devil cannot withstand or withhold. But now the verse I want you to see is in verse 19. Jesus said in connection with building the church. Upon this rock the knowledge that he's the Christ. The son of the living God. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not. Shall not. Shall not. Prevail against it or withstand it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I want you to notice that's in connection with the building of the church. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be, lo- shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
Now, notice Jesus said he's, he's going to give us, to, or said he would, would give them, he has given us, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Notice it's not the keys to the kingdom. When we built the church, there were, uh, we spent some time, some period of time, identifying different people in different ministries that would need to have access to different parts of the church. And so we had a situation where somebody that that, uh, was in charge of the facilities was either going to have a whole set of keys, a big, thick ring of keys, or would have to set up a master key system. Now, we set it up so that you could uh, have keys to the kitchen keys to the front door and keys to the kitchen, but you wouldn't be able to get in every other room. Now, I want you to notice that the Bible, that Jesus is not saying that he'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. See, that would be like somebody that could get in the front door and get into the kitchen. He says the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That would be like me who has a master key. They can get in anywhere. The keys of the kingdom of heaven are talking about the keys that unlock every door. Now, the reason I use that illustration is because I want you to understand something. At the time that Jesus spoke, people didn't lock their doors. They didn't have keys like we have. So the keys that he's talking about are not the keys that we're used to. The keys that he's talking about are the keys that were used in matters of education and higher learning. In those days... If you graduated some, what would be the equivalent of the university or some school of higher learning, they'd give you keys. And the key would be something you'd wear on your belt to show that you had mastered a certain area of study. So really Jesus is saying this, and it works in both illustrations. He says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I'll make you masters of the kingdom of heaven. I'll make you masters of the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus said, he told his disciples, beginning in verse 9, Matthew 6, verse 9, after this manner, therefore pray ye. It's got some good principles for us to follow, but it's not a prayer for us to recite because as I said, it doesn't contain the name of Jesus. So it says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Notice verse 10. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And then it goes forward. You know the rest of it. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Again, notice verse 10. Jesus told his disciples to pray, thy kingdom come. Now, what does that mean? It means the kingdom had not come. Now, you know as well as I do that Jesus is not going to tell his disciples to pray for something that's contrary to the will of God. So the first thing that he identifies as the manner of which the disciples should pray prior to him going, prior to Jesus going to the cross and completing the plan of redemption. 
the first thing he prays is that they should ask for the kingdom to come. And notice in connection with the kingdom coming, he says that the will of God should be done on earth even as it is in heaven. Even as it is in heaven. Folks, please understand that God wants things to be on the earth just the way they are in heaven. Now, it's easy for us to go back to the beginning, the book of Genesis, and consider the creation story, the creation account, and see how God made it to see what God's will is for the earth. See, God didn't have a will for the earth when he created it that's different for his will for the earth today. God's will never changes. Because he never changes. So whatever the earth looked like when God made it, before sin entered the scene and corrupted things, was the will of God then and has to be the will of God today. Well, was there anything that God made before sin entered the scene that could hurt mankind? Was there any sickness? Was there any disease? Was there any unproductive tree were there any weeds or thorns no all those are all things that happened after the fall after sin came in and corrupted the earth so what is god's will for today what is god's will for the earth now Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Now, whatever somebody, you or me or somebody else might think of why Jesus healed the sick, Matthew 8, 17 tells us why he healed everybody that was sick. Jesus healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. So what is God's will for today? What is God's will for the earth now? That there not be anything to hurt man. That there be no sickness or disease. That there be nothing to hinder man from receiving the full benefit and full result of the work of his hands. That has to be the will of God today. Or else God's changed. And if God's changed and the Bible's a lie, and we don't know what to believe. So Jesus told the disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth, even as it is in heaven. Now go back with me to Matthew chapter 16, because this is going to shed some light on some things for us, I believe. Notice again what Jesus said in verse 19. Talking about building the church, he said, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Notice Jesus did not say, 
and I give unto you the, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and then I'll have all the power. Whatever I say goes. Whatever God wants for you is the way that it'll be. Because remember, God is in control. I hate that phrase. That thought, that wrong thought has robbed more believers of what belongs to them, to the work of Jesus and perhaps any other thing in the earth. Because believers in ignorance have accepted whatever the circumstances are to be the will of God. And that's entirely opposite from what Jesus is just saying. He said, and I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I'll make you masters of the principle that governs the kingdom of God. I'll make you masters of the principles that govern the kingdom of God. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Notice it starts on the earth. Now, there's a reason for that. There's a reason why the language speaks that way. And that is, um, how do I say this? The language of this, this verse of Scripture is really, really difficult from the Greek to the English, where it says, whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. It literally means shall having been bound on earth. Or in, uh, shall having been bound in heaven. Let me give you an example of it. It's hard to explain, hard for me to explain. This is from Young's literal translation. And I will give to thee the keys of the reins of the heavens. And whatever thou mayest bind upon the earth shall be having been bound in the heavens. Well, you can understand why they didn't translate it that way. What does that mean? He goes on and says, and whatever thou mayest loose upon the earth shall be having been bound. I'm sorry, I can't even read it right. Whatever thou mayest loose upon the earth shall having been loosed in the heavens. The Amplified says it this way, makes a little bit more sense. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. In other words, it's saying we have the authority to declare the same boundaries in our lives here on the earth that God has declared in heaven. To bind what has been bound in heaven and to loose what has been loosed in heaven. Well, what's been bound in heaven? Well, again, it goes back to thinking about what heaven's like. There's no sickness in heaven, so we, can have, we have to say, have to conclude that sickness has been bound in heaven. So using that same principle, Jesus is saying, I'll make you masters. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and you shall be masters of the principles that govern the kingdom of God. And I'm using kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven interchangeably, at least in this context. And the sickness that's been bound in heaven, you can bind on earth. Well, what about what's been loosed in heaven? Every good thing has been loosed in heaven. There's nothing unfruitful or unproductive in heaven. So the blessings, the well-being, the peace, 
that exists in heaven because it's been loosed there. You have authority as a master of the principles that govern the kingdom of God to loose those same things in your life here on the earth. Now, let's prove this out. Let's just don't take my word for it. Let's prove this out. Look with me to some other scriptures. Let's start in Matthew chapter 12. Jesus is saying, answering, he said, and if Satan cast out Satan, well, let me back up a little bit. Jesus knew their thoughts. This is in Matthew 12, verse 25. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? Satan has a kingdom. Satan's kingdom is about bondage. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But, verse 28, if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. So he's saying deliverance is part of the kingdom of God. Well, then deliverance must be one of those things that's loosed in heaven. That we can loose here on the earth. Bondage must be one of those things. Satanic oppression must be one of those things that's been bound in heaven. That you have been given authority to bind here on the earth as well. Another place Jesus said, talking to his disciples, commissioning them to go out and minister. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus told the um, disciples, he's sending the disciples out, the 12 out. Verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying, go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Please notice what they were to preach. The kingdom of heaven is coming soon. Which means it's not there yet. That's why Jesus commanded his disciples to pray, thy kingdom come. Because it wasn't there yet. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely you give. Freely you should give. In other words, he's saying that these characteristics, these works that he's commanding them to do are a part of the kingdom of heaven that he's preaching, telling them to preach, has come near to them. How do they know the kingdom of heaven has come near? They're healing the sick. They're casting out devils. They're setting people free. It's telling us that the kingdom of heaven is about freedom. It's about healing. It's about well-being. In uh, Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends the 70 out. And he sends them out saying, into whatsoever city you enter, if they'll receive you, heal the sick that are therein and say, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. In other words, the kingdom of God is near. Not present, but near. How are they to know that the kingdom of God is near? Because of the healing works that they've performed. So these are all parts of the kingdom of God. These are all aspects or characteristics of the kingdom of God. Have to be, because Jesus said so. Now this is what Jesus said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom. 
And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He's saying, I'll make you masters of the principles that govern the kingdom of heaven so that you can lose blessing and healing and well-being in every area, the peace of God that exists even as in heaven. Why? Because it's the will of God for things to be here on the earth in your life, just like it is in heaven. See, so often we have the idea that the kingdom of heaven is some far-off thing. Look with me over to... to, um, uh, let's skip over to Luke chapter 17. I want you to see something else Jesus said about the kingdom. We've got the idea that the kingdom of heaven is something that will be revealed when uh, Jesus comes to the earth to set up his rule and reign here and defeats the devil once and for all. But I want you to notice something. It says in Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 20, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come. Again, even the Pharisees realized the kingdom of God wasn't there. Now, folks, let me stop here for a minute and deal with this idea that God's in control of everything. So many times, people have the idea that God is controlling the situations and circumstances of the earth. Well, if he is, then he's working contrary to what the word of God reveals to us that his will was for the earth when he created it. God created the earth without sickness and disease. So if God's using sickness and disease today for whatever purpose, to teach people, purify them, sanctify them, or whatever other reason many people give, then that means he's operating contrary to what the Bible reveals his will was in the beginning. And there's only one conclusion you can draw from that, and that is God's different now than he was when he created the earth. Well, if God's different today than he was when he created the earth, what's it going to be like tomorrow? See, if we have no assurance, if we have no solid evidence or solid foundation for faith, that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then you don't know what to expect. See, that line of reasoning just does not hold water in any form whatsoever when you compare it against the truth of the word. So the Pharisees are asking Jesus, when is the kingdom of God coming? They know it's not here. They had more sense than most Christians. They knew the bad things and the difficulty and things that were going on wasn't because God was doing them. They knew it was the kingdom of Satan that was at work in the earth and still is. So they demanded of Jesus when the kingdom of God should come. And he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation or outward show. In other words, you're not going to know the kingdom of God is here by what you can see outside. Now that tells us that the kingdom of God that he's speaking of is not when Jesus comes back in his glory. And defeats Satan at the battle of Armageddon. And sets up his thousand year reign during the millennium. The Bible says every eye will see that. The Bible says the, eye, the, the skies will be opened. And every eye shall see and every ear shall hear. When Jesus comes back in glory. So the kingdom of God that he's talking about. That's being referred to. 
that we've been given keys or the master made master of the principles that govern it is not the kingdom that Jesus is coming back to set up on the earth. Well, notice what he says. The kingdom of God cometh not with observation or outward show. You won't be able to see it with your natural eye and say this is the kingdom of God. Neither shall they say low here or low there. It won't be in isolated spots. For or because, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So when Jesus says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom, he's talking about mastering something that's unseen. He's talking about mastering something that's inside you. Now let me point you to another scripture. Look with me over to Luke chapter 12. Jesus is talking about the um, how the birds don't sow and the, the lilies are the birds don't sow, but the God gives them something to eat. And the lilies of the field, they don't do anything to clothe themselves, but God makes them glorious in splendor and so forth. Verse 28, Luke 12, 28, Jesus says, If then God so clothe the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe ye, O ye of little faith? One uh, minister I heard uh, concerning this scripture looked at it in a different way than I ever had. He said, God will even clothe people of little faith. I've always looked at that as God saying there's no reason to have little faith because God will take care of it. But I like his look on it too. God will take care of people even with little faith. And seek not what you shall eat nor what you shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now I want you to notice, folks. We cannot say that material provision or wealth or things like that are a part of the kingdom of God. But we can say without equivocation, without doubt of any type whatsoever, that material provision and the wealth of the world comes as a result of the pursuit of the kingdom of God. Matthew says it this way. Matthew 6.33 says it this way. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. The pursuit of the kingdom of God. The understanding of what God has done for us through Jesus. And the righteousness that we've been made through his sacrifice. Will open the door to all kinds of physical and material blessings. Now I want you to keep reading with me. Because there's another phrase that Jesus Another statement Jesus makes is real important. Seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth you have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Notice verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In other words, God wants it to be in your life like it is in heaven. God wants it to be in your life now like it is in heaven. So many Christians seem to have the idea that when we get to heaven, we'll escape all this and finally have peace. But God wants it to be like that for you now. When Jesus first appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, he said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Then he conferred authority on the earth to his disciples. We need to know what our authority is in the name of Jesus. Thanks for watching today. 
Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Your words matter. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.